Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. Genesis chapter 18. Let's, let's open the word this morning. Uh, many of you all have heard about um, Five Love Languages. Five Love Languages. Uh, it's a book that was written uh, several years ago and it's helped millions of people essentially learn how to love each other. So the premise of this book is each one of us have a love language. We have a way that we receive love and often a way that we give love. And so there's five. There is acts of service, there is physical touch, there's quality time, there's gifts, and there's words of affirmation. And so the premise of this book is each one of us, we actually receive love in one of those five ways and maybe even more so than other ways. And so you've heard me and my wife tell um, you know, our story when we first got married. My love language is words of affirmation. And so I would tell her, I would give her what I wanted. So I would say, I love you. You're beautiful. You're amazing. The words of affirmation did not communicate to her that she felt loved. And so that meant nothing to her. But if I would take the trash out because hers is acts of service without her asking, then that would communicate to her that I loved her. Well, many times we do this with money. We do this with money as well. We see money a little bit differently. We perceive uh, the purposes of money a little bit differently. We think of money a little bit differently. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to look at the ways that we convert currency into different things. We convert currency into different things, essentially uh, similar to a money love language, if you will. What money means to each one of us. And if we can realize what we convert money into or convert currency into, then we can understand how we see it a little better. And hopefully through this, we'll be able to learn how we can manage and steward what God has given us a little bit better. So we're going to start with this example in Genesis chapter 18, beginning in verse 1. It says, and the Lord appeared to him uh, by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing in front of him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, O Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. So here, Abraham sees three men. And um, we know that the Lord is represented in here, and these were uh, angels that look like men um, or in the form of men. And he sees these three men, and he insists that they allow him to bring them some water and a morsel of bread. He insists that, that, he, that they allow him to, 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 to do this for him. Now, what he's offering here is, is simply some water and, and some bread. Now, this would have been really important for these travelers uh, because as they traveled, it's not like now. They couldn't stop at, you know, um, a grocery store, a gas station, a fast food joint. Like, they needed uh, supplies. They needed things along their journey. And so um, Abraham here is saying, like, hey, stop and let me help you. Let me provide some water to wash your feet. Let me give you a little bit of food for the rest of your journey. He's showing hospitality. Now, hospitality was regarded by most nations of the ancient world as one of the chief 
virtues. Like this was not something um, that was taken lightly. This was a chief virtue. This was something extremely important during this time. This was way more than just um, giving somebody a little bit of food and being nice to them or even entertaining them. Um, This was a sacred code of conduct conduct to be hospitable to specifically to travelers. Um, And so there's a couple different ways that this would have happened. One would have been what you would call the travelers, which would be people that were just passing through. They were, they were coming through. And the traveler was not protected by law in, in these ancient nations. So the traveler going through a foreign nation had to rely on this sacred code of conduct, if you will, this sacred code of hospitality, because the law didn't protect them at all. They were traveling at their own risk. But there was another kind of group of people that uh, people would actually show hospitality to as well, and that would be like a resident alien. So they weren't just passing through. They actually moved to Round Rock. They moved to Texas. They're they're living there, but they weren't from there. They're not originally from there. They're not those people. And those people, the resident aliens, they were protected by law, but only so much. They could participate in the customs, but they couldn't own land. So they were still at the mercy of the people who were from there and lived there and owned um, that land. Now, hospitality is not something that was just uh, big in ancient culture. It's also clear throughout scripture that we should be hospitable. Let me share a few verses with you. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 2 says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Now, every time I read that verse, it just, it jumps out at me. Do not neglect to show hospitality specifically to strangers. See, many times we want to show hospitality to non-strangers. Now, we'll be nice to strangers. Sometimes we'll be nicer to strangers than people in our own home. But actually showing hospitality, going out of our way, giving financially, those kind of things, we want to give. And if you're real spiritual, here's the way you'll say it. I want to make sure my seed goes into good ground. And so we want to be hospitable, not necessarily to the strangers, but to the ones that we know aren't going to take it and smoke it or drink it. Or waste it. Man, this new carpet makes it really quiet in here. (laughs) But specifically to strangers, who are the strangers to you? Okay, maybe some people at HEB that you don't know, maybe some people on the side of the road, or maybe some people that don't look like you. Maybe some people who don't have your education, maybe some people who don't make as much money, they're not in that same tax bracket as you. Maybe some people of a different ethnicity. When we had our extravaganza um, uh, last Saturday, I, I, I don't know, I don't know. We just put it out there, and um, let me just tell it via story. That'll be better than telling you my thoughts on it. Um, this, this couple came up to me, and it was a, it was a, a white couple, and they had adopted an Asian uh, child. And they came up to me about an hour into our extravaganza, and they said, Pastor, um, I see a lot of Asian people here. Do y'all have a lot of Asian people that go to your church? Now, initially, I wanted to say, yeah. <laughs> but I was a good Christian and pastor. And I was like, not yet. I didn't even know there were that many Asian people in Round Rock. 
but I started looking around. I was like, wow, there's a lot of Asian people around here. And, and you know, I, I started thinking, like, if a lot of Asian people started coming to our church, do we know much about their culture, their preferences, their likes, dislikes, their ways of thinking, their ways of living? I mean, we could all make some generalization slash stereotypes that we could plug in. But I don't know many Asians. And you know what's bad about that? My cousins are Asian. <laughs> I, don't, I don't hardly know them at all. I mean, we live down the street, but I, I, that's a whole nother story. <clears throat> it's, this is not about Asian, black, or white. It's not, it's not about that. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. What if, we, what if we actually were intentional about showing hospitality to who people we don't know much about, strangers? How would our lives be different? How would our communities be different? How would this church be different? Oh, man. Romans chapter 12, verse 13. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Like, search it out. Don't just wait until hospitality comes to you and you have an opportunity and the door is open, but actually search it out to find the opportunities to show hospitality. Let me give you a couple more. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9. Show hospitality to one another, oh, this is big, without grumbling. Because mm. some of y'all were like, yeah, yeah, I do this. Oh, without grumbling? <clears throat> I do it, as my wife says now, with a little stank. I'm still trying to figure out what that means. I think I know what it means. Um, but, 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 you know, our, our kids will say, like, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, something they should say. But she'll be like, but you said that with stank. Say it again without stank. I, I, think, I think what she means is attitude. I, I think um, I need you all to convert that for me. I think that's what that means. Um, but, but, but when we're hospitable, when we're doing this, we should do it without grumbling, without attitude, without stank. When, when we look in the book of Acts, they were actually giving everything to make sure that everyone had enough. And then one of the most famous uh, stories in Scripture, the Good Samaritan, is so much about actually showing hospitality. So we see throughout Scripture, and not even just in those verses, but Jesus showed hospitality. When Jesus fed the thousands, he was showing hospitality. When he brought the disciples to his house, he was showing um, hospitality. And actually, people showed Jesus hospitality. Uh, when, when he went into uh, Mary and Martha's house, they were showing him hospitality. When he ate with sinners, especially at that time, they were showing him hospitality. And Jesus expected other people to show hospitality. He told his disciples one time, y'all go out, don't Take anything with you and rely on the hospitality of the people in the land to take care of you. Not only that, but he once went and ate with this Pharisee who didn't show him hospitality. And Jesus flipped that all around and taught him this whole lesson on forgiveness of sins and sinfulness because of the lack of hospitality. We keep reading in verse 6 here in, in, in Genesis chapter 18. It says, and Abraham went quickly into the tent to Sarah and said, quick, three seahs of fine flour, knead it, and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to a young man who prepared it quickly. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them. 
and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. Now, Abraham just asked for the ability to give them a little bit of water and a little bit of bread. But then he actually goes above and beyond. He actually under-promises and over-delivers. Man, that's good. That, that's good. We like it when people under-promise and over-deliver. We should be people that in many ways under-promise and over-deliver. Oh, y'all yeah, yeah, don't, y'all yeah, don't, y'all yeah, yeah, don't. There's studies about this. There's studies about this. That actually, if, if I come to you and I say, you give me a dollar and I'll give you three pieces of bread. And you come to me and you give me a dollar and I only give you two pieces of bread. You leave that transaction in a negative state. Whereas if you come to me and, and I say, if you give me a dollar, I'll give you two pieces of bread. And you come to me, you give me a dollar and I give you two pieces of bread. You, live, you leave that transaction in a positive state. But in both scenarios, you gave me a dollar and I gave you two pieces of bread. The difference is your expectation, what I promised. And when we overpromise and underdeliver, not only is that hurting in many ways the other person, but actually it's hurting our witness of being a Christian. But when we underpromise and overdeliver, it does the opposite. People are like, "Wow. Wow. This carpet seems to be a theme this morning. I'm just I'm loving it." <clears throat> um, Miss Jamie actually came to me and was talking about this and 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 we were talking about, you know, what we would do and what it would cost and all of that and 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 at the end of the conversation, here's what I knew. If Miss Jamie, and I don't mean to put her on the spot. This is not in my notes, Miss Jamie. Um, I'll try to go a different way in second service because this is completely embarrassing to her. But if Miss Jamie tells me that, something, that she can do something, that something can happen, and here's what it will cost, here's what I know. I know it. She is going to under-promise and over-deliver. No pressure, but every time, <laughs> like every time, every time. And so you know what? I, I'm looking, I, I respect, I value what she says in these kinds of areas because of what she's done in this way. Here, that's what Abraham's doing here. He says, let me give you some water and some bread. And he comes back with this feast. He comes back with like this amazing feast. Abraham here is an example of someone who converts currency into love. And there's many people in this room, many people in your life that do this same thing. We convert currency into love. Currency for us equals love. Money equals love. Resources equal love. This level of hospitality is, is typical for someone who converts currency into love. Because what it is is we say, I love you by sharing and by giving. Y'all know these people. Some of y'all have taken advantage of these people. Right? These types of people, um, they use resources no matter how much they have or how little they have as opportunities to show God's love to others. Like, like that's how they see money. That's how they see their resources. That's how they see what they have. They see their personal resources as a means to be a blessing to other people. 
Um, This was definitely the case here with Abraham, but we also see it throughout Scripture. And even in Abraham, you actually go on, if you go down to verse 8, it says, all nations on earth will be blessed through him. And and that means many different things theologically, but one of the things that it shows us is Abraham was one of these people who converted currency into love. Specifically here we're reading about hospitality. Um, these are people that go above and beyond and sometimes even extravagantly to show you love and through gift and through sharing. <clears throat> My dad is one of these people. I mean, hands down, when I was reading about this, when I was studying through this, this one jumped out at me. My dad was, is, it still is definitely this, this type. He converts currency into love. Uh, I, I'll never forget, we were having a little family party at our house in Georgia before we moved. And so there was probably going to be 20 people at my house, um, and, and we'd prepared, and we'd gotten all this stuff, and we forgot. Uh, I think we ran out of, of drinks. And so my dad was there, and I said, Dad, can you run to the store, which is right across the street, and, and just grab like four two liters of Coke? Um, not Pepsi. I mean, we have to say that because we're in Georgia, and we're, you know, it's, it's all there is. It's Coke, what kind? Uh, Sprite? Like, like that's, but yeah, okay. Um, so, Dad, can you just go get four two liters of Coke and bring it back? And, and oh, yeah, absolutely. My dad comes back like 45 minutes later. Okay, my dad needs three guys to go to his car to help bring the groceries that he brought, not for the house, but for the party. I'm telling you, we were eating chips. Hot dogs, hamburgers, we had buns for days. I mean, for like two weeks, we were eating off of what dad brought because we just needed a couple more two liters. Like, that's, that's my dad. Like, if you tell my dad to bring a bag of ice, you might as well, you don't need to buy anything for the whole party. <laughs> he's bringing the meat, he's bringing the bread, he's bringing the drinks, he's bringing the snacks. He'll get there early to find out what else you like or what else you want, and then he'll go and find it. If he's got to drive somewhere an hour away, he will go do that. Because why? Because if he has money, that to him means love. So what can I do with this money to show love? How can I share it? How can I give it? And, 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 and I'm telling you, the people that will give the shirt off, the, off their back, that's, that's the people that convert currency into love. That is my dad all day, every day. I'm shocked that he did not give away, well, probably nobody wanted his car. That's probably the only reason. I just knew at some point we were going to be walking home from wherever we are because if anybody said, you know, I don't have a car, man, that's a nice car. Like that was it. There you go. It's yours. Am I? Yeah. Okay. Y'all are like, I don't know anybody like that. Um, These types of people, that sometimes their motives can be one of two different ways, um, two different things. Sometimes they're motivated to convert currency to love out of a desire for others to experience joy. So they give their money, they share their money because they want other people to be happy. They want other people to, to have joy. But some are motivated because they just think this is the right thing to do. They, they have a sense of responsibility to do this. Um, they, they'll maybe feel bad or negative if they don't do this. Now, whatever the motives are, if you're this type of person, then you have to consistently check those motives. 
Because 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It is through craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. So I want to close with this, with five dangers. These are not the only five dangers, but these are five dangers if you are someone who converts currency into love. Meaning you show love by giving money. You show love by giving gifts. You, you receive love um, when people are, do this for you. Uh, the first danger is this can turn into people pleasing very quickly. And so it's easier for people that convert currency into love um, to fall into the trap of feeling accepted and valued um, by what they're able to give or what people are able to give to them. And, and, I, and I can tell you this is an easy slope for this group of people to fall into. And that's a dangerous place. It's a dangerous place. Anytime that you feel valued or you get your worth or identity from anywhere other than God, that's a dangerous place to be in. The second danger is um, this can turn inward. Uh, This can become self-centered and turn into I deserve, especially when your generosity isn't returned back to you. Or when you give and maybe they don't even say thank you. And it can turn very quickly into I show love through my currency and my resources and what I give, but I'm not getting it back, and that's just not right. It's, it's a dangerous place to be in. Number three is it's, it's also easier for this group um, to resent their own generosity, to get to the place where they begin to shift their mindset, especially, again, when people don't return the favor, And they begin to resent it. Like, man, I came to this party with hot dogs, hamburgers, buns, chips, and Coke. And they, they they didn't come with anything. And they brought 42 kids. (laughs) Look at them. They're getting three plates. I ain't even got a plate yet. And I brought all the, I cooked all this food. I didn't even get any. They can begin to resent their own generosity. If you have 42 kids, um, I'm praying for you. (laughs) A fourth danger is this, if if you convert currency into love, you you have a tendency to even be wasteful. My my dad didn't need to go buy all that bread and meat and drinks. Like we we had, we just needed some drinks. We didn't need all the other stuff. If you ever been to my house, I'm going to have chips in my house. I, I got chips but he gave me like a month's supply of chips because nobody we couldn't eat all those chips. Like you become wasteful. Trying to show, trying to give, trying to express love. The fifth danger is sometimes this group of people, they will sacrifice necessities to show love. Man, my, when I was in... Um, I think it was, wow, I'm getting old. I don't even remember how old I was or what grade I was in. At some point, my parents got divorced, and I was living with my dad in the house that I grew up in. And my dad actually uh, went in for, um, uh, to have his appendix removed. And it was supposed to be an in and out 
deal, like same day, in and out. And he goes in, and the doctor messes up, and he has to be in the hospital for a week. Well, my dad was a CPA. He, he didn't have insurance. He was self-employed. And so um, he gets this hospital bill, and the hospital bill is expensive, and he's been out of work. And so he has this choice of pay the hospital bill or pay our mortgage. And my dad gave up our house. He could have sued. He could have done all kind of things to pay that hospital bill and got evicted. We got evicted. I'll never forget. I came home. uh, It was a Saturday or a Sunday, and my dad said, hey, uh, we got to be out of the house by Tuesday. And I was like, what are you doing? You putting a basketball court in? Because we had talked about putting a basketball court in the house. It was just me and him. He was like, no, 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 we can't put the basketball court in. We have to actually move out. I was like, what do you, what do you mean move out? He's like, well, I didn't have enough money to pay for the house, so we got to move out. You can go I'll talk to your mom. You can stay with your mom. And I'm like, well, where are you going? Because I know mom ain't having you. <laughs> and my dad lived in a hotel for years six years in a hotel room. Not that he didn't make enough money. He was, he was willing to give up the necessities to show love. And, he, and even when he lived in a hotel room, if you invited him to a party, you didn't need to buy anything. But he converted currency into love so much so that he was willing to not pay for the house was $30,000. I mean, they bought it so long, $30,000. Like today, I'm like, Dad, really? The mortgage on that had to be like $200. I could have went and delivered papers, cut grass, something. I mean, I wouldn't have, but I could have. <laughs> Don't judge me. I was a spoiled suburban kid. <laughs> but sometimes this group will sacrifice the necessities to show love. And maybe not to that extreme, but maybe. If you convert currency into love and you can keep your heart pure and turn towards God, then God can use this in an amazing way. I mean, he tells us to be known by our love. He, he, he exemplifies love in everything, including our finances, including our currency. If you're somebody who does not convert currency into love, then don't judge these people. Don't judge these people. Even if they've hurt you, even if their converting currency into love has caused you to lose your childhood home, Don't judge these people because God has wired them in many ways in in this way. And as we look at these other areas of things that we convert currency into, when we get to yours, you're going to find some dangers and some missteps in yours as well. I can almost guarantee it. So don't judge these people. And actually, we should all strive towards this in a healthy way. We should all use our currency and our resources to show love in a healthy, godly way. This week, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to convert a portion of your currency, of your resources, of your finances into love. Whatever portion that is. Let's be intentional this week to set aside. It doesn't have to be much. It could be a dollar, it could be five dollars, it could be ten dollars, it could be fifty dollars, it could be five hundred dollars, it could be a thousand dollars, whatever it is, the, the, the amount is 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 not the point. But let this week, let's be intentional 
about converting a portion of our currency into love and showing love to somebody this week. Maybe you pay for their McDonald's, the person behind you. Maybe you do something, whatever it is. Because God has wired not just some of us this way, but all of us should be willing to love through our currency. Because here's the deal. When we do that, we're showing the love of God. It may feel like it's about us, but it's really not. This is about showing the love of God. And I, you, will, you may never know what those acts of generosity, those acts of love through converting your currency into love will do for somebody else. You, you may never know it, but if you ever get to hear one of those stories, oh, man. I'm going to close with this. Talking about, Pastor, are you still going to let people drink in the sanctuary? Yes. Yes. And here's why. I'm out of time. And this is a tough story for me to tell. When we first became pastors here, we, we had a neighbor who I'd been inviting to church and I'd been praying for. And, 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 um, and he finally came and he sat right over here. I'll never forget it. He sat right over here. And when I got up to preach, I saw him. And I was so excited that he was here. But he had this look on his face that he was furious. And I was like, oh, man, him and his wife, they done got into an argument on the way here. You know, all this stuff. Like, man, he's not, he didn't miss all of worship. And it was good. Now I'm preaching and he's got this stank face, right, as my wife would say. And I'm like, man, all right, come on, God, come on. And so I'm, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm you know, and he's just stank face. After service, I didn't, I didn't say anything to him. He left. I didn't even. Uh, the whole service, he's, he's upset. And, uh, and we get home, and our boys are out playing in the cul-de-sac, and he comes out. And I was like, hey, man. He, he didn't have the same face on. And I was like, hey, so, so what, tell me about what you think about church. Did you, what you, you know. And he goes, he goes, Evan, I walked in, and I had a Starbucks cup, and I had the top on it. And one of your ushers, hostesses, came up to me, and they took it out of my hand, and they told me I could either drink this in the lobby, or I could get it from the lobby whenever service was over, or they would throw it away for me. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to call a special all-volunteer meeting Sunday night, everybody come back right now. Now, that, I don't even know who that was. If you were, if you were that person and you're here, I'm not mad at you. I don't even know who you are. That was, that, there's, a lot, there's backdrop to that. That's in some ways how they were trained. But you know what? He never came back. And I say never past tense because I helped facilitate his home going about six months ago. Now, God is good. This doesn't end as horribly as it sounds. He actually was going, started going to another church, and, and he gave his life to Christ, and, 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 and I believe he's in heaven. But we lost our chance to empower him to follow Jesus because of a Starbucks cup. So as much as I love this carpet, as much as it's amazing and it's beautiful, and I don't want to replace it next week, Each one of these tiles, 
pale in comparison to each one of you. So if a new person or a mature person wants to bring something in here and eat it and drink it, please don't spill it. But if you do, we'll replace the carpet. We may take a second offering. No, 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 no. <laughs> but in converting currency that God has entrusted us in a healthy, godly way, we're going to convert that into love. And love says, man, we want you to come in here. If you got a Starbucks cup, if you've never heard of Starbucks, if you, I don't care, I don't care who you are, you're welcome here. I have to close. We are out of time. I want to challenge you this week, though, to convert some of your currency, a portion. Decide, you can decide right now what that's going to be and use it to love somebody, to share, to give. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.